0: Welcome to the Smarticle Podcast, where we take a good article and make it gooder.
1: Hey, Brandon, before we get to God, I do believe we need to have a little chit-chat with the mm-hmm. people. And let everybody know that it would really help us out if you would share this podcast with someone you love or maybe someone you don't love. Maybe, maybe, it's, rate, a pun- maybe it's a punishment? It's a, Maybe it's a punishment, Brad. Thank you. Maybe it's a punishment. I'm going to... Damn you to hell unless you share this Smarticle (laughs) podcast. Also, it really helps if you leave a comment on any of the places you get the Smarticle podcast. Follow, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. I know we say this a lot, but it really does help. So talk to God.
0: Write a review is a really big one, too. That's a big one.
1: Now, to God, Brandon. It is Mm. Faith Friday. Once again, reminding you, don't say the bad words that start with letters A, D, and F. You could just do that for... The 13 minutes we're going to be on today—that'd be a great dolphin?
0: help. Dolphin? That's Can't say a dolphin. Okay. You know what? I I also want to remind you to keep your animated stuff down. Just, to just tone it down a little bit. Faith Friday. Pat's mentioned that sometimes you get a little animated and it kind of Faith freaks Friday. her out. So let's just—you
1: yeah. know—we want to make
0: Pat Olsen happy on this Friday. We want to bless her, Larry. We want to bless her.
1: Our good friends at the Center for Action and Contemplation are going through a series called "Mending the Breach." This is one of the entries this week called inheriting a prophetic call which is based on Micah 6.8, Brandon's mm. favorite Bible well, verse. Well, one of,
0: one of my favorite. It's James
1: 4 is another one, but yeah, one of for sure. Micah 6, eight, which is, what does the Lord require of you only to do justice and love goodness and to walk humbly with your God? You were not Uh, A Bible thumper like me and going to Christian camps. This was turned into a very famous song,
0: which I'm not going to sing, by the way, Brandon. I feel like I know that song, but I, yeah, please don't sing it.
1: Was Barry Brown singing it to you back in the day? I
0: feel like some, I feel like at Golden Gate Community Church,
1: they definitely sang that song, as as I recall. (laughs) Let me just read a smidge. Can I read a smidge and then you can go in here? The Book of Micah instructs that the only way to honor and worship God is to welcome the immigrant neighbor, the homeless, and the bruised and battered. Micah says we must overcome bias and inequality and advocate for all God's children to have what they need to thrive, not merely and barely to survive. God does not ask for luxurious gifts, nor the sacrifice of lives and livelihoods. God instead wants all people to proper. Excuse me. God instead wants all people to prosper for not for no one to not have too much while others have too little. God demands justice, not charity or sacrifice. God longs for the writings of wrongs and the repairing of breaches. Brandon, now to your favorite Bible verse,
0: Micah six eight. Well, I do want you to acknowledge that I did not make fun of you butchering that um, little snippet oh, well. because I Thank it's you. God Talk Friday and I want to show that God's mm-hmm. love is everywhere. It's really it's really interesting. Whenever I look at a scripture or like t- try to take something apart, especially when we do these things, I always look at two different translations. I look at the NLT translation, boring whatever New Living Translation. But I also like to look at the message, the Eugene Peterson message, because I'm always like, the dude of wrote you it. Do. You're a Bible nerd. It, this is what he writes, which I just think, for Micah 6, 8, right? You just read it; it's great. But he's already made it plain: how to live, what to do, what God is looking for in men and women. It's quite simple: do what is fair and just to your neighbor, be compassionate and loyal in your love, and don't take yourself too seriously. Take God seriously. There's something about putting mm. it into terms, that I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. We talk about that all the time on the show quit taking yourself so seriously well, if you know wow let's just say you're not a christian you don't believe in god you don't do what there is absolutely nothing about this scripture that is not beneficial to all mankind stop thinking about yourself think about others be humble basically don't be a d word be a compassionate person and it's funny because i mentioned this on the tuesday show about as I was researching this episode and doing some stuff on it, there's people out there, wackadoodle doodle Christian evangelicals, that are mad that they think that progressives and liberals have taken this passage and they've t- made it weak and soft. Because that's not, that God of the Old Testament was strong. And he's saying that Micah, who was a prophet at the same time as Isaiah, that Micah wasn't saying to do justice and be kind. Micah was saying that you need to listen to God you need to trust God and do what God tells you to do. So they can't even give that up. It's a bizarre. Like, wait, people want to do good and do justice, and you're mad about that? That says to me that all you really care about is defending your own weird
1: brand, I guess. When, whenever I think about Jesus, when I read the Bible, I always think about Jesus talking about the immigrant mm-hmm. and the migrant, and one of the major problems in our country right now is the immigrant crisis at the border. And you hear the evangelical Christians and the right-wing Republicans, which I'm kind of lumping together, are always like, we got to close the border and stop those people coming into our country. If you spend at all any time looking about those people that are coming from their countries, it's because of the way they're living and their communities. And a lot of it is political prisoners. There's a lot going on there. Who would take their one-year-old kid and walk from Venezuela to the border of the U.S. if it were not for a really good reason. Yet all I hear from my in-laws and from the right wings is like, we got to lock that border and close those people out. The God that I believe in, the Jesus that I believe in, does not think that way at all. And I'm always confused how they rectify the two.
0: Well, it's interesting because in this passage itself uh, and in the reading, she talks about her parents being for social justice, for helping. And it's funny, if you read Micah six, seven, it says, how can I stand up before God and show proper respect to the high God? Should I bring an armload of offerings topped with off of the yearling calves? Would God be impressed with thousands of rams and buckets and barrels of olive oil? Now, all the things that are, have great value in the time that Micah is writing this? So you could put that as, should, should we just give lots of money? And should we, you know, should we build big churches and donate to pastors so they can preach the word of God? Or would he be moved if I sacrifice my firstborn child?" My precious baby to cancel my sin. And that's when Micah 6 8 comes in. No, he's like, basically, no. He's already made it plain to you. Do justice, walk humbly, and stop taking yourself so seriously. Take care of the migrants and the immigrants. Now, you could, those people like, we just don't have the resources to take care of the migrants and the immigrants. That may be true. We as a nation might not be able to take care of every person, but we sure as heck better be working hard to figure out what to do to help these people. Maybe we need to give money to Mexico. Maybe we need to help the countries that they come from. Have we spent any time at all trying to make Venezuela a better country? All we seem to do is want to take their resources. We don't seem to want to make their lives better. I mean, I don't know. We've talked a lot about Gaza and Israel. You know, I think this is obviously a very complicated issue. But the one issue that's not complicated is if people are dying or starving or don't have jobs and can't put food on their table, they're going to be broken people. They're going to do things. That we might not like, so we need to work hard to bring justice to those people. Even if we don't agree with their politics or their religion, we need to bring justice to them, if for nothing else than to protect our own lives, to, to to make the world better for our own children.
1: How do you think we lose or gain, or it comes and goes in regards to compassion? Like, I, I are you just a stone cold killer and you don't care when someone's suffering? Like you walk past them. Or do you have that and you lose that? Are you modeled it? Something happens in your life and it overwhelms you, so you have it. Where, where does, how does compassion come and go?
0: I think that compassion can be taught. Obviously, this woman who wrote the article talked about her parents being uh, you know, involved in justice from the earliest days, so she saw it modeled around her. But I also think that when people are very, very poor, they very, very poor, it's just about survival, so yeah. it's hard to have compassion for other people. When people are very, yeah. very rich, yeah. it's also, for some reason, very, very hard to have compassion for mm. people. I think that people that are in sort of in the middle or somewhere, you know, on that gradation somewhere are like, yeah. hey, man, this could be me. So I want to show justice. Now, you could say, mm. you know, it's built into you and as you know, part of your faith and your journey as what you're kind of pushing at with these people. But I think that there's also like, do you ever need compassion and do you have empathy for people that need it?
1: Just to tag on to that, if you're very, very, very poor and you make something of your life, you also look back and go like, oh, I did it on my own. So you you right. lose that compassion component because you're like, I did it, so they should do it too. Yeah,
0: and I think it's very hard for people. and I think it's the reason why. I know you're not a Christian anymore and don't really believe in Jesus, but Jesus... Te- <laughs> Jesus, me, taught, know, Come on. But Jesus talked a lot about, he used these parables over and over again. We see this as like the, the, the prodigal son, the parable of the talents, right? Where the worker's like, hey, I worked all day. Why are they getting the same amount of money as me? And the master of the house, i.e. God, was saying, look, it's my money. I'll give it to whomever I want to give it to. Why are you complaining? I'm paying you. Show some compassion. The prodigal son, the older brother's like, this guy went out whoring and did all this stuff and, and gave away all his money and you're going to take him back in? That's your point. like. And I think it's not an accident why Jesus said this. I heard a really interesting guy talk about people parsing the words of Jesus. I mean, Jesus said a lot of things. He said, hey, give away all your money. He said, just worry about tomorrow. You don't need to worry about the future. He said, take care of the, the immigrants and the migrants. He said all sorts of things in the beatitude. He said that the last will be first. He said all, and we parse those things out all the time to fit our own narrative, especially in a wealthy country like the United States. No, we're not giving mm. away our money. We're not. And, and, and you know what? And I think most people are like, oh, that's ludicrous. So I'm like, okay, but that's what Jesus said. So how do we get around? You explain to me how I get around that as a Christian. And maybe that's just part of the deal. You know, they would say, well, he didn't really mean to give it all away. He's like, well, then why did he say it? Why do you take these other things that Jesus said and that other writers in the Bible said so literally, oh, it's the inerrant word of God. It's the Bible and you need to know your Bible, but you don't take that one. Yeah, That's not inerrant though. When we've said it, then why don't you do it? Because you really don't believe in the inerrancy of scripture. You believe in picking and choosing what it is that you want that fits your own narrative and whatever side that's on.
1: You know, I love these pop quizzes with you, Brandon. So I'm going to ask you, if you, it's kind of like survey says. Sure. If you pulled the average American, you said, do justice and love goodness. What would they say that is?
0: They would say liberal progressives. They would say
1: uh, wacky liberals. But, but if you said, Hey, what does that literally mean to do justice and love goodness? What do you think they would respond by saying that? (sighs) Yeah, that's a great
0: question. I guess it would depend on your own point of view because
1: let's just pretend it's a normal family in the suburbs.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Even a normal, they're going to have different point of view. I think they might say, Hey, you know what? Be nice to people and don't cut people off at the, at the stop signs." I think that's what they might see that Mm -hmm. as, or Hey, you know what? Make sure you don't pour oil into the river. Uh, don't pollute, you know, like little simple things. I think the average person would look at it that way. To do, like your, your guy at Homeboy Ministries, to live amongst the poor and serve them, oh, that takes a whole nother level of compassion to understand, to do justice, to walk humbly. Now, again, I watched this crazy wackadoodle evangelical woman get on there and say that Micah 6, 8, one of the most misunderstood scriptures in the Bible. He didn't really mean that. I'm like, oh, okay. So Micah didn't mean that. That's fine. <laughs> but what did Jesus mean when he said the exact same thing? What was he saying? Was he Did we misunderstand him in the Sermon on the Mount? But That's the problem. It's always people that are defending a position of power within the faith that say that kind of stuff, but that's not what it really meant because it seems pretty straightforward. Walk humbly, do justice, end of discussion. You can
1: choose to not do it, but Love this. that's what it says. To honor and worship God is to welcome the immigrant neighbor and the homeless. I, I think that's yeah. pretty simple.
0: And, and I think that that's the... That's the rub, right, is they don't really want to do it, so they find other ways around it. I'm not saying it's easy. I don't do it perfectly. In fact, a lot of times I don't do it at all. I am in no way going to stand up and cast the first stone at people out there that aren't doing these things. And there are people out there that are perfectly called to do this. I one time heard a pastor say, somebody asked, like, hey, should I feel bad if I don't give a homeless person some, some food or money? And they said, look, if you look at that person and you feel convicted that you should be doing something, then go do it. But if you look at them and say, this is not my call, this is not where I'm supposed to be, then don't worry about it. I think most people would probably feel a little bit convicted, right? Give them a sandwich. Give them something to eat. You can afford it. You have it. You know, we, you've talked about it. You do it. We do it. Lots of families do it where they keep a little bit of food in their car because anybody that's lived in San Francisco knows you don't give money. You give food because they're hungry too. And they may want money because they want to feed addiction, but they're probably not going to spend that money on food, but they will eat the food.
1: You know what I think? Someone listening today could have potentially gotten out of the episode, Brandon. Is that you gave everybody the Micah six eight workaround, like you gave everybody the way to get around I, Micah six eight? I did. Indirectly. What did I do? Yeah. Well, you know, you just gave the kind of the biblical reason of how you could justify going around the edge.
0: Yeah. Well, no, I didn't. I did not do that. I'm not saying you can justify. It. I'm saying that's what people do, and there is no
1: justification yeah. around it. It's very clear what it says. I agree, but. You just, if you listen, you're like, oh, great. Brandon just told me how I can not have a justifiable workout, but an actual workaround. Listen,
0: Pat Olson, you need to go out and take care of the poor and the immigrant, period. End of discussion, full stop.
1: Brandon, that is a lovely message. Thank you for sharing with us your thoughts on your favorite verse, Micah 6 8.